Chapter Fourteen of the Leopard's Claw by George Washington Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Desertion by Carriers. Passing along the main road, they found a place to camp. During the night, the carriers stole most of the provisions from the camp while Oliver was asleep and ran away. The next morning, Oliver found besides the three boys brought from Sierra Leone only five carriers. While Oliver was puzzled over his dilemma, Varney held counsel with the remaining carriers and approached Oliver and said, If the antelope escapes the leopard, the leopard goes after other meat. Before Oliver could understand what he meant, they began gathering up ropes and dividing themselves up into couples, hid along the road behind clumps of bushes, awaiting the appearance of single pedestrians upon which they pounced unawares. Having bound their victims, using the slave system strategy, they returned to the camp. Continuing this method for several days, they had secured twenty carriers to replace those who had run away. They abandoned some of their luggage and resumed their journey. Traveling in the direction east by east by northeast, they crossed the Vaca Hills and came to the Balalata at noon. They were halted before the gates of the barricaded town and waited until they were inspected by the town people outside. The people wore many pieces of gold jewelry and offered to barter nuggets and rings for trade goods. Oliver then became encouraged and questioned as to where the mineral was found. He was told of a river called the Magua, where gold abounds. Taking a north-northeast direction as instructed, they passed through long grass and cane break until they reached a large plain dotted with hillocks and covered with grazing cattle. They entered Musada, a barricaded town of western Sudan, containing a large open market of earthen pots, soap, tobacco, corn, iron, cola, etc. Oliver was very much surprised to see the progress of this Mandingo town. The town contained a number of soldiers on horseback. They were preparing for a Mohammedan service. The king, in a long gaudy shirt of fine native manufacture, rode on horseback, holding an elephant tail in his hand. The service was held outside of a cone-shaped and polished mud mosque on the eastern side. The imam, dressed in a scarlet cloak, carried a stool covered with white cloth, while six attendants held a large white covering over his head during the time he was reading the service after which he blessed the head warriors and soldiers. The congregation knelt in rows upon their knees. After the religious ceremony they brought out the most fiery and vicious horses, having a knack of kicking and biting, and offered prizes for the successful mounts. Oliver watched the tricks and finally volunteered to try. After a few attempts he successfully mounts, to the admiration of the villagers. He, Eva, and Lucretia were presented suitable mounts by the king. Muley, an old priest, wearing a white gown and squatting upon a mat in the court, sent for the party. He offered to read their fate for them, and after reading from the sand spread out before them, he seized Oliver's hands and said, Go back to the gold across the big waters which await you. Leave Africa's wealth and secret undisturbed. THE PRICE YOU WILL PAY IS TOO GREAT. TAKE HEED AND RETURN WHENCE YOU CAME. EVA BECAME NERVOUS AND WOULD NOT HAVE HIM READ FOR HER, 
but for lucretia he said as he shook his head and sighed it is your fate o little one whom the elephant would not harm to finally bring happiness to this poor family through the leopard's claw in the valley of allah the party remained quite a while in Musada when they supplemented the carriers and started with fresh guides for the Makwa River. "'We are near the end of our journey, dear,' Oliver said, as he assisted Eva in the saddle upon her horse. He did not allow the gloomy forebodings of Muli to influence his feelings, for with the gold nuggets, rings, and guides, he felt sure that they would soon reach the Magua River, if not the mountain they had first started out to find." passing through a dark forest fawn called out to oliver looky master dem biggy flyga flying serpent as he pushed the party back oliver saw the red eyes of a large green snake upon a tree just about to spring shouting very quickly he saw the snake leap far into the air twisting its tail as it flew away the natives called it the flying snake and they say they are very poisonous Wandering through the forest, they sighted the wild serval, the heart's beast, and numerous other scampering jungle inhabitants. Finally, the rainy season set in, and Oliver had not succeeded in locating either the mountain or river of his quest. So he decided to build a permanent camp and prepare for the heavy rains. Oliver selected a high hill near a river. The site was very picturesque as well as strategic in the event of an attack from either man or beast it was then that both oliver and eva showed a surprisingly adaptability to circumstances oliver donned his overhauls and tackled the saw and axe with the native laborers and in a short space of time he moved his family into a comfortable log cabin several bamboo huts were also erected for the accommodation of the servants and the carriers while the largest of the tents was stationed in the rear of the cabin and served as the storehouse. The camp was enclosed with a double barricade of stout poles. Oliver discovered a large tree which had been previously cut and left to season by the natives. He immediately set to work upon it, and in a little while they had burned and modeled it into a very serviceable canoe. Varney and Toby discovered a deserted farm nearby eva learned the first lessons in the african culinary art she assisted toby in peeling the sweet cassava many hot palmento in the preparation of the fufu and dumboy the fufu was soon an indispensable dish upon the menu so eva learned to soak and peeled cassavas until they fermented and took advantage of physical culture training at the same time while she pounded the soft cassavas in a large wooden mortar before straining it and cooking them into the famous fufu but the sauce oliver said it was delicious but cooking was not the only accomplishment that eva acquired while oliver was supplying the table with venison wild and river pork fish and other game eva was learning to make soft and beautiful mats from the heart of the bamboo which she dyed in lovely colors from the vegetable dyes she made under yanga's instruction lucretia in the meanwhile took advantage of the fresh air and hardy country life to blossom into a beautiful young tomboy who looked to be at least ten years old End of chapter fourteen